What is going on, everybody? What is going on? It is your boy, Darian, and I am officially here saying that this is the Darian Hopkins Show. Where it be sports talk, where it be entertainment, where it be anything that's going on with sports and entertainment world, we will be doing it right here on the Darian Hopkins Show. So if this is your first time ever being here, right here at the Darian Hopkins Show, we highly suggest that you subscribe, hit the bell button, and get the latest news on all entertainment and sports news as well. So I really appreciate you coming by the channel, and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Good afternoon. Y'all know who it is, man. It is your boy Darian of the Darian Hopkins Show. And we are on episode 25, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 25 is definitely, definitely in the building. Today is Friday, May 19th, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a great, great show. And I am ecstatic. I am ecstatic. I am better. I am great. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Darian Hopkins Show. And I'm your host, Darian, of the Darian Hopkins Show. And we are here to inform you to give you 100% raw and uncut sports podcast. We keep it 100 right here from the live play-by-plays to the podcast to everything that's been going on with the Darian Hopkins Show. So I have to say, before we get into any topics today, I want to thank y'all for supporting the live stream last night. The live stream last night was amazing. The Lakers and Nuggets game, another Great finish in that. And we're going to talk more about that Denver and Lakers game in a little bit. But before anything else, before we go into it, we have to shout out our sponsors on this podcast. Shout out to our sponsors and our affiliates in partnership with SeatGeek. If you like live events, if you like uh, live events, concerts, sports, anything of that nature, make sure you go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code DHopkins and get $20 off your first purchase using our promo code. So if you go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code DHopkins, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. And shout out to BetUs as well. Shout out to BetUs because BetUs, we are in partnership with them as well. And you will receive, you will receive 125, 20, 125%, I'm sorry, y'all, of your sports book upon your initial deposit using a special offer with the link in the description. So like I said before, if you love to bet, if you love to do anything that's sports betting or esports or anything of that nature, make sure you get the special offer with the link in the description. It says it right there. Receive 125% of your sports book upon initial deposit using that special offer. So make sure you go to betus.com or use the link in the description so you can get up there and sign up and start betting and winning money. That's what you want to do there. So shout out to everybody that's in the chat. Dominique Five, what's going on? Shout out to the AJ show. He came through today and show some love. But we're definitely, definitely, definitely in the building real quick. Definitely in the building today. And we have a lot to talk about, man. And today is opening day. Opening tip-off of the WNBA. We have a few games going on today that um, I'm not going to talk about today. But I'm thinking about doing the Mercury and um, the Seattle Storm. They look like they're going to be playing today. So that's going to be something interesting to actually watch when it comes to the WNBA, more basketball, more stuff's going to be coming down the pipeline 
for the Darian Hopkins show. If don't forget to become a member of the Darian Hopkins show on the YouTube channel, because that's going to be for member live streams only and member chats. So it's only $2.99 to be a part of the D Hopkins nation, be a part of the D Hopkins nation and become a member for two ninety nine. We will have member live stream chats and we're going to have member live chats as well, just for the members to able to comment only. So if we do have a live stream and you see that we don't see your comment, meaning that you're not a member. So two ninety nine to have that and more perks is going to come with that membership with that all in membership as well. So make sure you become a member of the Darian Hopkins show and see what happens there, man. See what happens there. But look at, let's get straight into it, man. Let's, let's get straight into the nitty gritty of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And that is it. The Denver Nuggets, ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Nuggets, has defeated the Los Angeles Lakers to go up 2-0 in this series. But what a game. What a what an absolute game that the Lakers was up mainly majority of the game. And, but it was mainly back and forth for for a little bit, probably like in that first half and then that 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 second quarter the Lakers started to get they get their way in the way they wanted to get it at that time. The way they wanted to get it at the time. And Denver I don't, I, Jamal Murray just rose from the dead for me. Jamal Murray just rose from the dead for me. And I knew that the Lakers probably was going to win this game, but I didn't know Jamal Murray was going to snap like that. I had no clue in what way that Jamal Murray was just going to make shots just like that. Just like that. I, I, did, I didn't know. Like, I knew Jamal Murray was going to have a great game. Don't get me wrong. But I was not expecting him to have that type of game. But we're going to break it down and keep it short and simple on here until any of my co-hosts come up here. I know they're running late. They have lives. I completely understand. But we're going to get into the nitty-gritty because I want to get straight to the point. That's just me. I want to get straight to the point because I want to know what really happened with the Lakers last night. I really didn't look at any of the stats last night because I did the play-by-play in the reactions. But let's go to the team stats first. Let's definitely, let's definitely talk about the team stats first. So when it comes to this game, now the Lakers are 36 of 82 from, from the field, which Denver Nuggets was 39 of 89 from the field. The Lakers shot 43.9% last night to 43.8%. Against the Nuggets. So the field goal percentage was pretty, pretty high. Not pretty high, but it was pretty, pretty close between the two. So I can't really be mad at that percentage because they both was shooting pretty okay. Not too bad, but pretty okay. But this is the difference right here in this next stat. Three-point percentage. The Lakers was 8 of 30 last night. 8 of 30 while Denver was 14 of 38. The Lakers shot 26.7% to 36.8% for the Denver Nuggets. Now, free throws, the Denver Nuggets did not go to the did not go to the free throw line that much. They were 16 for 18. Only went to the free throw line 18 times, where the Los Lakers went 26 times. It was 23 of 26. Rebounds. I'm surprised that the Denver Nuggets out-rebound the Lakers by nine. 49 to 40. I was kind of surprised about that because in the first half, I seen the Lakers getting a lot of rebounds and Denver really didn't have nobody under the basket to protect at that time. 
But it looked like it changed in the second half. But this was a close game at the end of the day. This was a close game. Off the um, when it comes to assists, twenty-seven to twenty-six assists. Denver only had one more assist than the Lakers. Ten steals for the Los Angeles Lakers, and only eight for the Denver Nuggets. And then you have seven blocks for the Los Angeles Lakers, and only two for the Denver Nuggets. Total turnovers. The Denver Nuggets had seventeen turnovers. 17, and the Lakers had 12, and I'm surprised the Lakers even lost this game. But I'm going to tell you why they lost this game. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you why. Fast break points, 21 and 22, that was definitely identical there. And then you have points in the paint with 48 to 46. Lakers had more points in the paint than the Denver Nuggets. Fouls, 19 fouls to 18 fouls. One technical foul for the Denver Nuggets, which I didn't, understand that technical foul but hey the largest lead was 12 for the Denver Nuggets and the largest lead was 11 for the Los Angeles Lakers this is what happened to the Los Angeles Lakers in the second not even in the second half because I thought they was competitive in that third quarter even though the even though the um even though the uh the Nuggets was trying to come back the Nuggets was trying to come back and they was trying to climb back from the deficit that they had going into the halftime. And I said it on the live stream that I really don't care about the first two quarters because the first two quarters don't really set the tone for me. If it's close, if it's a close game, I'm going to make an initiative that, okay, who's going to win this game in the third quarter? That would really determine who wins this game. Who has a better run at the end of the third quarter? And for me, it was a controversial call at the end of the third. That really flip the thing, really flip the switch for the the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, flip the switch for the Nuggets in my in my personal opinion. But if you look at the goaltending call, I'm really kind of skeptical with the goaltending call. I was really kind of skeptical with the NBA refs all night with the calls that they were calling and they really need to be looked at. They really need to be looked at to a point where that they, they need to get the refs should be in a press conference. The refs should have something to say after the game on why these calls need to be called. They shouldn't even ever walk off the court without being questioned why that call was made. Like the flagrant foul on D'Angelo Russell. I didn't like that flagrant foul on D'Angelo Russell because how he was going to how he was going to block the ball if he couldn't go across his face. So if you look at it in that instance, it was a lot of a lot of questionable calls last night. A lot that I was not a big fan of. I was not a big fan of any of these calls that they made last night. Little ticky tacky fouls. This is the NBA playoffs. This is the conference finals. You're trying to go to the NBA championship. You got to go to the NBA finals, and y'all want to call these ticky tack fouls. And these players are flopping and trying to do all stuff. Something have to change in the NBA. Because I said it on the live stream last night. The NBA is getting absolutely soft. It's getting soft. This is the playoffs. These are men amongst men. Stop asking for a little ticky-tack foul and flopping and trying to be the best um, best actor to get an Oscar. Stop doing that. Simple as that, man. Stop doing that. I don't want to go too far and too deep into it because we got other topics that we need to talk about. But we want to go into the box score now of this game here because this game... Was, was was like I said, it was a really good game. It was a really, really good game. 
Now, if you look at, man, let me tell you, it was a great game yesterday. It was a great game last night as well. But let's get into um, all the stats here from the Los Angeles Lakers side of things. If you look at it here, if you look at it from, from afar, it was only one person that wasn't in double figures. And this is why I have an issue with Vanderbilt starting because he's a liability on offense. He's a liability on offense. He only had four points. Four points. Minus 10. I'm sorry, but Hachimura should have got the start last night. Hachimura plays both sides from the offense to the defense. He was great last night. He was awesome, but the Lakers went away from him. The Lakers went away from him. And I'm, I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you how. Anthony Davis did not show up tonight. He did not show up last night. The inconsistency through this whole playoffs. Anthony Davis should have had a purpose of, of bouncing back from that 40-point game the other night. He only had 18, but he had 14 rebounds. But that's not enough against this Denver Nuggets team. And then you had LeBron James had to do what he had to do. He had 22, 10, and 9. LeBron James is going to put them numbers up regardless. But LeBron James, I got, I got some questions for you about that third quarter. I got some questions for you about that fourth quarter as well. D'Angelo Russell only had 10. I'm not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell at all. I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell. Um, I just feel like he's kind of a liability as well on defense. He's okay on offense, but I think he acts a lot as well when he's trying to do that fadeaway shot away from the basket. I kind of hate that, but hey. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Austin Reeves was amazing last night. Austin Reeves was amazing last night. He had 22 points. Five rebound, five assists and three rebounds. But he was plus 13 from the field, which is not bad at all for Austin Reeves. But Rai Hachimura, man, that Ryu or Rai or however you pronounce his name, Hachimura should be in the starting lineup. I'm sorry to say. This guy has been playing lights out majority of his playoffs. Yeah, last round he probably struggled. But I like Hachimura in the lineup better than I like Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt, yes, he gives you great defense. Yes, he gives you, oh, he gives you great defense. He gives you, he's going to lock down your best player. I understand that, but it's four on five when you have Vanderbilt in there, you don't have nobody else to go to if everybody else is not hitting their shots. And Hachimura was was he was seventeen of seventeen majority. He was eight of ten. Eight of ten. He only missed two shots. So I don't understand how this guy Vanderbilt gets to start over him. Understand defense turns into defense turns into to to offense. I under, I understand all that, but this man was four for four from the free throw line. He had twenty one points off the bench. Where the rest of the bench didn't do nothing. Struder didn't do nothing. Lonnie Walker didn't do nothing. So me. I understand Hachimura has to come off the bench because he's the only scorer. But I think Hachimura deserves a start in this series some way, somehow. Now let's go to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, again, had almost almost five people. All the whole starting lineup was almost, almost in double figures here. Well, you had Aaron Gordon with 10. He had four rebounds, which I would have probably thought he would have had more. And then you have... Hold up. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. that came on in the second half with 16 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. Then you had Jokic. 
Jokic had a quiet game last night. He had a quiet game, and I'm not really mad at it because he played he played well, but he had a quiet game, but he still came up with a triple-double with 23, 17, and 12. Joel B, you better take some notes, bro. Joel B, you better take some notes, bro. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because Joel B needs to learn that this guy does a triple-double after triple-double after triple-double, man. So 23, 17 rebounds and 12 assists. From a big man, you better you better you better tighten up your arsenal, bro. You better t- you better tighten up your arsenal, man. Jamal Murray, 37. 37, 10, and 5. That man played the whole second half. He didn't sit down not once. The only time he sat down during the timeout. That man was in desperation of them to go up 2-0. Desperation. Caldwell Pope didn't have a great game. He had eight points. He was the only one that didn't get in double figures in his starting five. But Bruce Brown was another guy that came off the bench, gave you 12 points, gave you five rebounds and three assists. And he's quick. He's Even though I'm not a big fan of Bruce Brown, I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of him because he, he yap, 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 yap all the time. But I'm fine with that. I see why he does it. I see why he does it. So when it, so when it comes down to it, yeah, Bruce Brown looks good. He looks good in this series so far. So it's, it swings back to L.A. And they're up 2-0, winning 108 to 103. And it's going to be a great series. Now, how the Lakers will bounce back? Because I know I heard on the TV yesterday that LeBron James has a winning record when he's down 2-0. When his team is down, down 2-0. So looking at it from that aspect, Okay, cool. I'm down 2-0. You're going to go back to L.A. You cannot let Denver get one in L.A. You can't. You can't. But for me, for a team to win a series like this, you have to win at least one game on the road. And that's when the series actually starts. When somebody takes, somebody wins on the road. But the question is, can Denver win on the road? Or can they not win on the road? It's a possibility that they can. They only got one win on the road this whole playoffs. Well, two. They beat them in Minnesota, and they beat them in Phoenix. Can they get at least one win in L.A.? Because both of these teams are undefeated. Both of these teams are undefeated at home. So can the Lakers fall, or can the Lakers try to push this to be 2-2 going back to Denver? It's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. But like I said, man, make sure y'all hit that like button and subscribe to the channel, man. It is the Darian Hopkins Show. And we're going to show y'all a commercial from Bet Us, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Bet Us. You receive 125% of your sports book upon your initial deposit. So make sure you go to BetUs.com and go to the link in the description and go check that out, man. It's Darian Hopkins Show. Let's go. Listen up, sports fans. Your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, is back for our 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers our members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite sports, including NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. We've also got hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest new European slots, and our live dealers are waiting for you at the table. Sign up at BetUS.com today to get into the action. BetUS, where the game begins. Make sure y'all check out BetUs.com. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure y'all check out BetUs.com and make sure y'all get that initial deposit 
on there as well. So that was definitely dope, definitely dope. But let's get into it today, man. Let's get into it today with some more NBA news about Eric Sposa. Now, Eric Sposa says something yesterday that I was really, really, really intrigued with. Now, I was not a big fan of the play-in. I wasn't a big fan of the play-in. I, I was not. And he's saying that that this is the best thing in the past decade. In the past decade. So, how do y'all feel about the play-in? Because I would love to hear from y'all in the chat. I would love to hear from y'all that's listening somewhere, anywhere. If you're watching, listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or you're listening anywhere of that nature. But how do y'all feel about Eric Sposa saying that this is the best thing for the NBA in the last decade? How do y'all feel about that? Because I'm going to play a clip. I want to play a clip for, for y'all. And I'm trying to see if this thing is going to actually work. So just give me one second here. But I want to know what y'all think about what Eric Sposer had to say here. Because I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really not sure how I feel about the play-in, but I like to play it in some ways. Oh darn. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. I have to pause this real quick and go back to ESPN. I don't know what was that or my phone, but don't mind me. Don't mind me, man. I, I'm gonna try to cut that out as much as possible. But um, let me try to do this real quick. Let me try to do this real quick for y'all. Okay, so let me. All right, let me see if I could close this out. Okay, yep, I could close that out. And I'm going to go right back to it here. And this is what he had to say, y'all. Let me see if they go play an ad first. Let me see. Because you know, you know how ESPN does. They play their little advertisements first. Before anything, so I really want to hear what Eric Posa has to say in the situation. So, yes, they are going to play an ad at this moment. And um, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to the channel, man. I'm waiting for my co-hosts to come up here. And, you know, they talk, they talk as usual. But hey, we're here for and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time on this show, the 25th episode of the Darian Hopkins show. I'm just waiting for I don't know what's the hold up here. If not, then I'm just going to have to try to find it somewhere else or just read it. All right, so. I don't know what, what's happening here. So Eric Sposa says the best thing for the NBA in the past decade was the play-in. Now, as the number AC for the Miami Heat, right, they continue to make a run through this Eastern Conference Finals. They've been really, really good in these Eastern Conference Finals. And Eric Sposa reiterated in saying that how important it felt that the regular season was forming into a mental toughness thing. And they are three games away from getting to another Finals, another finals NBA Finals, if they could beat Boston. If they could beat Boston. That's a big if. The midst of this description, Sposa made another important regarding the NBA play-in tournament. Now, this is according to ESPN. I just want to let y'all know this is according to ESPN. It says that I don't know. I, I, do, I do know that the play-in helped, according to Eric Sposa said on Thursday. There is far less teams tanking. Everyone is fighting for it in the last two months. Every game is a must-see TV, and I was in both conferences. So I think for the league, it's probably the best thing that happened in the last decade. The Heat that took a 1-0 lead 
over the Boston Celtics over a 123-116 game victory on Wednesday night and became the first playing team to ever win a playoff series after defeating the number one seed in the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. Los Angeles Lakers, who earned a spot in the Western Conference Finals, became the second team knocking off the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, in the first round. So, for me, I have to agree in some in some sorts because at first I did not know how big the play-in was. I did not understand how the play-in worked. Now I kind of understand how the play-in worked, and I think this is good for the NBA because now you have teams that's in the ninth seed the 10th seed, the 7th seed, they could all be knocked off. It, it, it reminds me of a college basketball tournament, it calls the NCAA tournament. It reminds me of that in some sorts. But when you lose, you out for the NCAA. When you lose, you still have another chance to get into the playoffs after you lose your first playing game. Or you just win and they're out. Or you win or you win. So, it's a little bit more different than with the NCAA tournament because that's a round of 64. You got 7, 8, 9, 7, 8, 9, and 10 trying to play for a play-in spot for those last two slots. So that, that it's really difficult to try to explain, but I don't have no issue with the play-in. I think the play-in makes it more competitive for the NBA. It gives other teams a chance to try to jump into that AFC or that 7C. Because if, if Miami would have won their first game against Atlanta in Miami, we would have saw Boston versus Miami in the first round instead of Atlanta. So think about it. So it's also you got to think about it in that in that in that in that notes. Like yo, that would have been the matchup in the first round. But the fact that Miami lost in Miami and they had to go to Chicago and win on the road just to get into a play-in. Listen, Miami needed what needed to be done. But I, I kind of agree with Eric Sposa here. It gives a little more excitement with a play-in for the NBA to get those last two slots. They, those last two slots, should, for me, should not be guaranteed. Should not be. Even though you might have a better winning record in the regular season, doesn't mean you deserve to be in there. Because most of the time, if you look at AFCs, they don't make it this far. AFCs get swept or lose in five games majority of the time. If we look at the history of the NBA, the one seed always comes out on top. But the NBA has changed. Because I think for what I remember, Miami was like the ninth for the 10th, ninth for 10th seed or something like that. And they lost to Atlanta. They lost to Chicago. I mean, they lost to Atlanta. They beat Chicago. They got in. They knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks. They knocked off. The, the New York Knicks, and now they're in the, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the same thing for the Los Angeles Lakers. The same thing. And if you look at how the Lakers did it, the Lakers, they, they was when they was in. They won their first playoff play-in and beat the Timberwolves, and that was it. They was in. And look how far they made it. I think it's, I think it's a storyline but my, I, I don't want to call it like I see. I don't want to call it. But the storyline is building up to Miami and Lakers rematch from the bubble. I know everybody want to see Boston and Lakers for that 17th championship. I understand that. But look at these playing stories. We've never really seen these two. We've never seen these two win a playing game. 
they the Miami was the first to do it. The Lakers was the second to do it. So when it comes to these playing games, why not have them in the championship? Why not? Why not have them in the championship? But everybody wants Boston and LA because of the the the, the history and the the rivalry of that, and they both have seventeen championships. I get it, I get it. But the question is, if the Lakers would have lost, and Miami Heat would have lost, we would have. What what championship would we be looking at if they wasn't in the playoffs? Be honest. If it wasn't a play-in tournament, if it wasn't, we wouldn't see the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and we won't see the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's that's, that's just be completely real. We probably be seeing a different team or something of that nature. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So thank the play-in for the Lakers being here and thank the play-in for the Miami Heat being here. Because I don't care about defensive rankings. I don't care about offensive rankings. If you look at the seeding and the playoffs would have ended, Miami wouldn't have been there and L.A. wouldn't have been there. They would have they both would have been sitting home. If it wasn't no play-in tournament. But that's why I like the play-in tournament. You bring the underdogs as the underdogs. And right now, Miami's not really an underdog and LA's not really an underdog. But would we like to see a bubble rematch of the Lakers in the Miami Heat and then Tyler Hero able to come back by the finals? I think that'll be very intriguing. But of course, they of course the the main consistence consistence is going to say, oh. I want to see Lakers in Boston Celtics. I want to see them. Oh, go ahead. See them. Go ahead and see them then. Because, of course, who's, who's going to have more championships than the other? Understand that it, it would be a boring finals if you saw the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. At least it's two different teams instead of the same teams over and over. So... Basically, I, I I like it. I like the plan. I like what Eric Spolster had to say about the plan. I thought it was smart that you know they brought the plan into the NBA. To me, it just brought more excitement. It, it brought more more excitement into it. So for me, I had to. I I, I liked it. I like the plan, and I think the plan is a smart thing to do for the NBA because, like like I said before, at the end of the day. We would not be seeing a Los Angeles Lakers in these playoffs or a Miami Heat if it wasn't no playing. Simple as that. Simple as that, man. So make sure y'all hitting that like button and subscribe to the channel, man. It's the Darian Hopkins Show, man. We are here. We are a half hour into the 25th episode of the Darian Hopkins Show. The 25th episode of the show. And it's but it, you know what? I gotta take some limelight and, and say this because. When I started, when I decided to revamp this channel, I wanted to have a different perspective on different things. I wanted to be about entertainment or just about sports, but I've learned the entertainment part is not really my thing. And 25 episodes in, even though I'm doing this by myself right now, I started this podcast by myself before I even had co-hosts. So I don't mind being in front of a camera by myself talking to myself about sports that I love to do. I never thought I would get to 25 episodes of a show. 
I never think that I would be this far into the journey of where I want to be in podcasting, sports podcasting at that. I know sometimes I get into a little debates and stuff of that nature, but 25 episodes of the Darian Hopkins show is only going to grow. It's only going to grow. And I am excited. I am ecstatic that I am at my 25th episode. Because a lot of podcasters don't make it to 25 episodes. They get to about five episodes and quit. Yeah, so I took some layoffs and, and some purposes there. I took some layoffs. But one thing I, I didn't do is give up. I didn't quit. So 25 episodes in to the Darian Hopkins show. It's, it's just been an amazing ride. And we're getting we're getting things done over here. And we have more. More. When we get to that 50th episode, that's when we go talk more. When we get to that 30th episode, which is five episodes later, which will be next Friday. We'll have some talks, man. We'll have some talks. But my boy Mac is in the building. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Yeah, working hard. Working hard. Uh oh, oh, oh yeah, you working hard. All right. So I know I'm only playing with you. I'm only playing with you. It's all good, man. It's all good. Uh so I was talking about uh only got it to two actual um episode uh, two actual topics as of right now okay um i talked about it i talked about it on the the play in what eric sposa said that it was the best thing that has happened for the nba in the past decade and i i stated that i really agreed on that because i said i said it before like miami heat was the first team to be a eight to, to win a play-in game in Go for go further in the playoffs, and the Lakers was the second team to do it. So, the storyline that everybody wants to see is Lakers in Boston in the finals for the seventh. For the they both tied as seventeen for the championships. They both are trying to get their eighteenth ring, and that's what the setup of the finals that everybody wants to be. But people fail to forget how funny would it be the Heat and the Nuggets. <laughs> it, it would be funny, but I was just thinking, like, okay, he says the best thing that ever happened for the past decade for the play-in, and I have to agree because just imagine if the Lakers come, just if a big if, if Miami beats Boston and the Lakers come back and beat Denver, we have the bubble rematch plus the way they got to the playoffs being in the play-in. I think that storyline is bigger than me, in my opinion, because now. The Lakers, if they beat Miami the way if they beat Miami in the finals, right? Oh, everybody's gonna talk about oh, that bubble was not a fluke. That bubble was this, that bubble was that. So I for me, I understand people want to get the 18 championship for their franchise and stuff like that. But I feel like that's more of a bigger story for me coming in from the play-in. The Lakers being what ranked, they was ranked what 12, 13, or something like that. They got they was they moved up and got into the Tennessee and end up winning the I don't know how they got there, but I know the Miami was the Tim C. I know they were. They lost. They then they won a second playing game to get in to get their AC. But I just like how they, I just like the storyline of that, in my opinion. So I, I think the play in I think the play in is a good thing so far. I mean, it, it like it, it proves that that it brings value to the game. It also brings right. viewers, and you're bringing more games to the. T- so at the end of the day, more fans are getting to see their teams make the playoffs, and that that makes more money for and more revenue for for teams. So I mean, it's it's a win win for across the board. You know, 
I so I I 100% agree because again, like you said, you, you, there's two teams in the in, in the in, into the in the final four right now that wouldn't be there if not for it. And that's exactly what I just stated. Like if if it wasn't no play in Miami and the Lakers would be sitting on their couches right now. Sad but true. Sorry, Laker fans. Sorry to my Heat culture. I'm just telling the facts. I'm just telling the facts. Like the, both of these teams would not be here if it wasn't for a play-in. So you got to congratulate the NBA for putting putting this play-in initially having it every year now because they was like making it a temporary thing. But I think you should keep this around for now, in, in my opinion. Absolutely. So. There's no reason to get rid of it. In the in the first year, it's already proven its value. Right. So. It's only the value of, of the playing is only going to go up from there because now teams are like, oh, so there's another way to get into the playoffs. So we don't just need to win the division. We, we just need to play well till we get to that point to, to where maybe we can get into the play in. Yeah. And that, like I said, that, uh, that, that, that's a big boost for a lot of teams. And it's going to make a lot of teams want to play harder, especially in the end of the year when you see a lot of teams kind of go into cruise control. And it, it makes it it makes it more money for the NBA as well as an organization. So as a as a league in itself, it brings in more viewers, it brings in more money, it brings in more revenue, and it just it just helps those guys that that gets overlooked on teams get the get the notoriety that they got. Like even Hachimura, imagine if Hachimura wasn't in the playoffs. Like we, I mean, we know Hachimura was a great player in Washington. We knew that, but he wouldn't have been in the playoffs right now. He's putting, he putting on a hell of a playoff run right now to a point where, listen, I don't know what his contract situation is, but, hey, listen, he's he's making look, teams look at him like, listen, we should have traded for him instead of the Lakers going to get him. And, and you look at it from nope. real, real shit. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I 100% agree with you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the playoffs can, can either bring out the worst in, in, in basketball players or the best in basketball players. Right. And, and I, I'm for all for either way, because let, let's see what everybody's made of in the playoffs. Let's see what the top teams really can do. And the whole thing is, like I said, uh, no play in, no Lakers. And look what the Lakers have done. Right. Same thing with Miami Heat. Like, I, I again, you, you know how I am. Yes, I will root for a team, but I root for a good basketball game regardless. Yeah, yeah. And like I and and that's how I am. As long as long as the game is good, to me it doesn't matter because it was entertaining and it was fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to root for your teams, but if if the product isn't good, it doesn't matter whether your team wins or loses. If your team wins by thirty points every game, is that is that really a fun game to watch? No, no, no. I mean, we'll be excited that our team won, but it wasn't entertaining to watch because the other team was not competitive. So. Yeah, so so that's what it is like. As much as we would, we we all like blowouts. If every game was a blowout, it it it's not entertaining. By the right. fourth, how many viewers do you really think you're gonna have? You ain't never lie because look at my play by players. When the games are good, the people show up. If the if the game ain't that good, they show up, but they leave out because it's not entertaining. And I am on me on a play by play. If the game is boring, then I'm bored. Yeah, absolutely. And I did that one time too. I did that one time where the uh, matter of fact, I think it was Game Six. It was Game Six of the Suns and Nuggets game, and the Nuggets was dog walking them in Game Six. I turned the game off at the end of the third quarter. Off stream. I'm not going to sit through this. I'm just not. 
There's no, there's no point of me doing a play by play with that team, knowing that they on a they on a base of elimination and lose the way they lose. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just happy that they've all been competitive games because that that's what I want. I, I want to watch something that's entertaining, and like you said, it, if it's not, it, it's just it's not good for business. It's not. It's not. But, it's not good for business at all. Did, did did I call that or what? I said. I said at eight forty in the chat. I was like, it's going to be a five point nugget win, and it was literally five point. You nugget. said X. I think you said it on the show yesterday as well, though. Yeah. I think you said it on the show. I believe I did, but I knew it was going to be back and forth. And I said at the beginning of the game, it was it was going to be five five or more, or definitely five or more uh, lead changes throughout the game, and there was. And it was just like it, it, it was a great game. It's how I expect these guys to play on a regular basis, especially in the playoffs. And listen, uh, but, but I will I, say, I, I, I have to I, look. I, I just don't, don't be in, in LA. I, I fully think that, that the Lakers are going to win both LA games. I don't know because I really think this series starts to me. This series starts if. Somebody gets a win on the road. I think this 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 series, whoever wins this series, they would they get the win on the road. I don't know. I really feel like the Lakers, they get they they undefeated at home, and so is Denver. But I, once I found out that Denver was undefeated at home, I didn't know that. I thought the Suns got one win on the road, but they didn't. Yeah. So, no. so for me, it's really going to come down to who's going to get a win on the road. You have to get a win on the road because if not, this is going to be a game seven. And if the Lakers want to go back to Denver in a game seven, I don't think that's the best idea if the Lakers want to try to win this series. I don't think that's a great idea. Yeah, so no, somebody, I mean, got, somebody got to win one game on the road, at least one. Yeah, no, I mean, and and, and I think somebody might. But I, like I said, I, I – I, I just I know it's going to come down to seven games. Like I, I, both of the series are; these are two highly competitive teams that can literally turn it on at, at any time during any game, and that that that's why it's like nobody nobody's going to have a complete dog walk of a game. Nobody's going to like I, I just I don't see either one of these teams truly blowing out the other, unless you know what I mean by by some like horrible shooting horrible defense like you you have to play a horrible game right you know on, on all ball and it has to be multiple players playing like shit other than right. that like it, it's gonna be a highly competitive game yeah they might go up 10 points they might they might even go up 20 points but all four teams have the the, the capabilities of going down 20 and then going back up to make it a competitive game yeah Absolutely, absolutely, and I feel like last night I just don't have anything to say about the Lakers at this point because I'm just like, I let one man, I let one man dominate y'all in the fourth quarter. Jamal <laughs> Murray was lights out. Y'all had him shut down because he had what fourteen through three quarters, and then yeah. he didn't he didn't sit down the whole second half. The only time he sat down was during timeouts. That man was gassed and putting on a show with yep. 20, what, 23 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, uh, like that, that comes down to, to, to coaching and the dog in Murray. 
Like, I, I mean, it was. That, that, that it's, it's completely on him. And I'm, and I'm happy. And it shows that you can step up and you, you can do what you need to do. And, and what's, what's crazy about it is, is that even though Jamal Murray had a great game with like 37, Jokic still had 23, 17, and 12. In, yeah. in a quiet way. In a quiet way. So, and then KC, KCP didn't play well. Michael Porter still had double figures. You still had five of the five players in double figures for the different Nuggets, no matter if it was a start at five or not. Yeah. But I mean, again, it was, it was a super defensive heavy game. It was, it was a lot of, a lot of good and bad matchups. It was, it was a lot of back and forth. And that's why I'm like, you know, it, 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 it was good. Yeah, it was good. It, it, it was good. And I, it, I, it's going to be a great series, man. It's going to be a great series. And now Denver got to come into the mindset like, listen, this is a business trip. Oh, you want to throw in the shades, but I got mine well, right I, here too. The sun is killing my eyes. I can't see anything. And I got these bright lights on, and they killing my eyes too, man. Don't it might not <laughs> it might not look like it, but hey, hey. But I uh, listen. It's the twenty fifth episode. Screw that. We chilling today. We 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 chilling today. That's what we doing. Twenty fifth episode. But oh yeah. But, I mean, um, look, look. I'm I'm gonna say this though. I feel I feel like you know Ed, Ed's on life support right now. He's on life. Yeah, support. where you at, Ed? Uh huh. You quiet today, brother. You've been quiet the last couple of days, man. Now, now I know. I know he's dealing with family, family things, and you know he he's got to be super dad and stuff. So I right. I get it. You know, with the young one in the house and stuff, and and taking care of things, and you know I I get it. So I I know he ain't being quiet just because you know the Lakers lost. I, he he got things he's doing, but I do. I'm like I'm like you know your team really needs to step on up on defense and. I do. I feel like the Lakers are going to win both games at home. They're going to win both games at home. They might lose the second game, but I know this next game coming up, Lakers are 99% going to win. Now, personally, again, I still want the Nuggets to win, but it's going to be hard because, again, is Murray going to be able to have that fourth quarter? Is Jokic going to be able to score 40 points and get a double or triple-double? Is the rest of the bench, like, how are they going to play in L.A.? And that's why I'm saying because because the Lakers defense they play all out when they're right. at home. So that's why I'm like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look down on the Lakers, especially with them being at home. I, I feel like they're truly gonna have a dominant game. But again, I, I I see it being within like a ten point score. Like they're not gonna dog walk them, but at the same time, it's it, it should be an easier win for LA having the crowd behind them. Yeah, that I think the crowd makes a um they I think the Lakers make their adjustments. I think they're gonna play uh play to their attention. But look, Keith, he's a Lakers fan. He said he's scared. He said he's scared. Yeah, you should be scared. It's like, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking about yeah, no, I about. mean and, and again, like I said, from from the beginning, it, it was gonna be a back and forth. Home court advantage is a big deal in these matchups. And like you said, Miami, Miami still won at Boston, and that, that that was freaking phenomenal. But that's the whole thing. Like Boston, they play good on the road and at home. They don't play great either one. You know what I mean on a consistent basis. So I'm not so much worried about the Celtics as I would have been. Uh, I'd have been worried for the Nuggets 
If the Nuggets would have gave up one at home in the first two games, I definitely would have been worried. I'd have been hitting the panic button. For me, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's vice versa for me. I think I'll hit the panic button when Boston plays at home. Because now, just just what I've told you in the last 22 games, 11-11, and 11, uh, it's just like, it looked like for me the Boston Celtics shoot better when they're away than they are at home. I, I don't know what it is because for me it seems like they play better when when the crowd is against them instead of the crowd being with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, and and unfortunately that and I think I hit on some of this yesterday. It was like if if the pressure isn't on, it's like this the they, they they play down to the competition. And I'm not again like I said yesterday, Miami is not not down competition, but it's like they they they're playing to just match what Miami is doing or try to match the game that they're playing instead of only only trying to play their game. And I think that's when it comes down to like the proof when it gets under pressure, like they did with the Sixers, when it was like, well, we either gotta win this or we're going the fuck home. And all of a sudden you see you've seen a competitive ass team come to play. You've seen Tatum play and step up and do what needed to be done. And it's like if if you need pressure, then fine, fine, lose the game. Now you got the pressure. Now the pressure is on. So let's see what they do. If they if, if they lose again, then oh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. But again, because of the whole pressure thing, they play better under pressure. They they, they kind of play better away from home. And it is what it is. They might be able to go steal one in in, in Miami. But uh, like I said, the role players are going to play a key role in this matchup through the entire series. Whoever's bench or whoever's role players produce more, that's more likely who's going to win. Miami's bench and role players produce more. Jimmy Buckets went and got the buckets they needed. So you have your superstar playing well, you have your role players playing well, and you got your bench doing, putting some points up, and playing decent defense. That's That's the chemistry you need to win. The Heat came to win, and they did. So now let's see if Boston can, can can step up to the challenge and not let them take another game. See, ESPN, listen, I, I love my Heat culture, man. I love my squad. I love my squad. But I, I got to be honest here. ESPN, stop disrespecting my team. Stop disrespecting. 16.7% chance of winning. Stop disrespecting my team. Stop doing it. This should be at least a little bit closer. Y'all had the I, Boston I Celtics winning 83, 83.3%. Yeah, y'all played. Y'all really no, played. I, 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 I'd put it closer to 70%, but I no, I, I couldn't give it more than 70%. Man, they, uh, 16.7% though? I, I like I said. I, I mean, the highest I could probably go in my head, in theory, is like a seventy percent chance of Boston women, because, like I said, this is gonna. This is a crucial game in this series. You cannot go down two zero after you play two games in your own home court. You can't. So, like I said, well, Boston better them, show up, man. I, I, you, Boston better right. show up. And more like they better show up because the Heat ain't playing. The Heat is not playing with Boston. They just not. They just not. They wanna. They wanna prove that they can. They can run with anybody on the floor. 
That's one thing about Miami. They do not care who you are. They're going to play their style of game. No matter what defensive matchup, what defensive scheme, they're going to find a way to play their style of style of pro basketball to win basketball games. And, and Boston have to be on that same mindset. Yeah, no, I mean, for, for sure. And that's why I'm saying, like, in the end, I, again, uh, same thing with the Lakers, man. It's going to be a competitive series. It, it, it's a series for a reason. It's not all over in one game. One game isn't going to tell the whole story. Now, right. in the end, one game tells a turning point, but it doesn't tell the whole story. So, I said, until it's done, until it's over, it's not over. Right. Until the fat lady sings, it, everybody still has a chance. So, yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for for an awesome basketball game tonight. I, I mean, so, really, I, I think that this is going to be the same thing like we watched last night. It's going to be a back and forth. It's either going to be a back and forth, low scoring affair. Or both teams are just going to shoot the fucking lights out, and it's going to be like over 250 total points. <laughs> Those are really the only two ways I see this going down. It's either going to be all defense or all offense. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of that, if you're ready for it, we could definitely bring it out right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah let's pull it out. Let's 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 knock it out the park right now. Presented by. Hopefully, FanDuel and presented by Bet Us receive 125% of your sports book upon your initial deposit. Link is in the description for all the bets here. So, Mac, I mean, so Aaron Gordon, first- Aaron Gordon screwed you last night, man. Yes, bro. Every every bet was perfect except for Aaron freaking Gordon, man. And I said it too. I was like, I was like, I went, I went for fourteen points with Gordon. He got eight, so I'm going ten points, and he still couldn't even score ten points. Uh, no, he, he scored. No, he scored ten points. It was KCP that didn't score ten points. Because I looked at the box score. Yes, I looked at the box score. He's Aaron Gordon no, scored I, I ten points. For over ten points. Oh, over ten points. Got yeah, it. It was at ten and a half. Oh, you should have just kept it at regular. You should have kept it at plus nine or something like that. Yeah, well, they didn't have that option. They didn't have put ten points is pretty is like the lowest they have as far as putting on the parlay for points. Uh okay. So, so if you would have did like plus plus, if you would if you couldn't you couldn't do no under under ten points at all, or probably would have did eight. No, no, it didn't have that option for for the way for the parlay when I was building it at the time. Right. Okay. So, but we'll we'll start left to right, and uh, so the, the first bet, as you can see, it's it's plus nine hundred. Um, you got what is that? Uh, Jalen Brown with fifteen points, Bam with fifteen points. You got Butler with twenty points, Tatum with twenty points, Smart Vincent uh, with one three apiece. Mm-hmm. Then you got Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Martin. With two 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 three pointers, and then bam with eight plus rebounds. So uh, again, as I I think Jason Tatum comes to play tonight. I I don't think he he does some you know the the disappearing act that he did last time. Hopefully, so I'm I'm gonna put my money that he he he's gonna put it where it counts, and I honestly you know uh, I'm I'm gonna let it lie. But I mean, I I feel like Jason Tatum came to play in game one. It's just that he only touched the ball 
four times in that in that fourth quarter where I like we said on the last show, like um, a couple shows ago, that he needs to demand the ball. So if you feel like you're the best player on the floor, you have to demand the ball. So hopefully he he sees what everybody else in the media and what we've been saying, and he takes that he takes that to account and demands the ball. If he feel like he's he's on one, give him the ball basically. So absolutely. I think and I don't because he had 29 points in game one. I don't think he was a disappearing act. I just think they didn't go to him. That's yeah. just what that was. They just didn't go to him. Yeah, no. So the next bet, the middle bet is, I mean, it's essentially my lock bet for, for this game. So Brogdon plus 10 points. You got Marcus Smart plus, I think that's 10 points. Yeah, yeah, plus, plus 10, 10 points. points. Yep. Uh, Lowry plus 10, uh, Bam plus 15, Brown plus 15, Strauss, Jalen, Malcolm, Caleb, and Kyle Lowry all hitting a three-pointer. This is That's a winner. This is money. a winner lineup. I, I, I like the first one, but this one here, if, if you got a, if you got some big money that you want to put into this lineup, I suggest you do. Yeah, and I mean, look at the comeback. For $5, I'm, 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 I'm bringing back 19 Right. So I mean, almost quadrupling the money. Exactly. So I like this lineup. I listen. I might have to steal this lineup. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I might, sure, to, sure. I might have to. I might have to borrow some money and see what's up. And you know, if I win, yeah. I give it back. You know, I might have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have to do that. Listen, borrow some money and give you a little bit back. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. hey, we 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 we, we can work something out here. But um. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. When I looked at it and when you sent it to me, I thought this was a lock as well. I like Brogdon definitely could get 10. He had 19 in the last game. Smart could definitely get 10. He only had what he had 13 in the last game. Lowry definitely probably going to step up. He's one of those veterans that's going to step up. Could probably get you 10 or 11 or 12. Bam at a bio plus 15. He's been playing well anyway. So I think he's going to get plus 15. Probably like 17 to 20 points in this game. Jalen Brown, that's that's a no-brainer. He's going to get plus 15. We already know he's going to get his. Max Strews is going to shoot 1-3. Jalen Brown's going to make 1-3. Probably probably going to make one or two threes. But you got 1-3 on here. That's a lock. Caleb Martin, that's a lock. Lowry, that's a lock. Oh, this, I could just see all this happening like right now when the game starts. I can really see that happening. Probably. I mean, so so essentially, all all this happened the last game, right? And I feel like Strews, Brown, Brogdon, Martin, and Lowry could all get those in the first half, as far as yeah. one three. Yeah. So you absolutely that yeah that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. I love this. I love this lock, man. I do. And then and then the the next bet. Now this is essentially my my my, my three point bets with 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 a couple people. Now it's Jalen Brown with two, Brogdon with two, Strauss mm-hmm. with two, Caleb Martin with two, and Lowry with two three pointers. Mm-hmm. Now again, all all these guys take multiple three point shots throughout the game, so it, it is completely doable. Now I got I got Bam at ten points, Brogdon at ten points, I got Martin at ten points, Lowry at ten points, and Marcus Smart at ten points. Again, I, I and, and I made it easy on the points, so they only had to hit the first plateau. I'm not asking too much of these guys. I'm just asking them to play their game. If they play their game, again, this is another high payout one that is more than likely to hit. Right. And he said, it, my middle one is my lock for this, this evening. This is my favorite one. The, the the third bet all the way to the right that that is my third my 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 second favorite and then the first one that, that that's posted to the left 
that, that that's my number three. So you have the middle edge at number one, the right, the number two, and then your to the left is the number three. Yeah. And as as you can see, like I, I don't have I don't put a lot of money on these games, but I, I all these games I bet on. So when I win, I'm gonna share it, I'm gonna show it so you guys can see it and know. And then even when I lose, I tell you why I lost and I tell like I, I tell you like, okay. This is why I lost because, you know, I was expecting this guy to step up and do more. Now, remember, most of my bets are a little spicy. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking a little bit extra from somebody that might not always give it. So, you know, sometimes I don't hit, but sometimes I do. <laughs> and and me personally, I'm, I'm really good at calling under and over on games. That's where a lot of my parlays come in. I play, I play under over for, you know, the MLB a lot. Especially now that the, that the seasons and uh, we're almost we're almost at you know season form for every club, you know it, it, right. it's getting nice. And I have I've hit multiple thirteen and seventeen bet parlays. I've shared a few of them with you, you know where I I turned five dollars into seventeen hundred, where I've turned a dollar and, and you know into three grand. Hey, I mean, if you want to bring those bets up on here, you can put, you can put the MLB bets up on here during a segment. I really during our bet segment, I don't really mind about that. Yeah, no, I mean, but see, the the reason why I don't do stuff like that is because it is that is a complete long shot, and and that that in theory, that's how a lot of people get caught overextending themselves because okay. they're like, okay, I'm going to make a bunch of bets because there's 13 games on the night, so I'm going to play all different kinds of parlays and trying to link it together. And it's like, you know, in theory, it sounds good, but to to literally try to pick 13 games and to pick the exact winners, it's it's a lot harder than you think, especially when you're like, oh, no, the Yankees are definitely going to win today. And then the Yankees lose. And all your bets have the Yankees winning. So now all those bets you can wipe off and they're, they're, they're all going to lose. Exactly. And that's why I say, you know, it, don't overextend yourself. Don't bet more than what you got. And, you know, if you're going to bet every day, set a daily limit. You know what I mean? Whether it be $10, $20, you know, make sure you're comfortable. And, and if you need help, please get help. Right. Facts. Facts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So make sure y'all listen to this segment. I will be putting this up on the, the video side of things. I'll be uploading it as a segment for the channel. So make sure you get your bets out. That's probably going to be the first thing I do because last time I see it, I, I put that second over the the recap of the of the um the basketball game. I'm gonna put this first. Put the recap second. But in all in all in all in all in all, who you got winning tonight? You taking you taking Boston? Or yeah. You taking the Heat? You taking Boston? And let me know why you are taking Boston today, brother. Let me know. So so I mean, because they, they they have to come back. They they just got socked in the mouth. So you you need to come out. You need to come out swinging. And uh, essentially, it's like if you go down 2-0 against Miami, I mean, the, the writing's on the wall then. And I honestly, I think the, the, the Boston Celtics are just a much better team than that. And I really hope that, you know, Boston wants to make this a series. But I'm going for my heat, man. You know I got to go for the heat culture. You know yeah. I got to go with the heat culture, but, man. But, I, but I would not be surprised if Boston wins tonight, though. I would not be yeah, surprised. No. But I, I will say this, like uh, I, I think I think it's gonna be between like an eight and twelve point game. Depending on like I said, um who 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 really steps up in the fourth quarter. Because even yeah. if Miami 
down. If Jimmy Bucket steps up and bangs two threes and then gets a, a bunch of good looks at, at the rim, uh, you're talking about a completely different game. Right, right. And I so. just feel like with, with with let's see let's see what the what the supporting cast for Jimmy Butler can actually do to to help them win. And let's see what other players can step up for Boston as well. Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just can't do it. We know Brogdon had nineteen had nineteen off 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 the bench. Let's see who else in this start for because Marcus Smart. Yeah, we know Marcus Smart is 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 good, a facilitator and stuff like that. But he really didn't have that. You know, he had more assists than he had rebounds. I thought he would have had more rebounds. Yeah, but I, I, I want to see a little bit more offensive arsenal as well. I think for Marcus Smart, and he he only had one game where he he scored like uh, what was it like twenty three or twenty four points. Yeah, yeah. I think I was mean, in the ball. The, I think it was the in the seven. He he he's more he's more lucky like. He he's gonna probably have around the same amount of points as he does assists on most games. Right. That's what he is. I mean, he's a he's a facilitator. He's a defender. You know, if you need him to give you offense, he can definitely give you offense, and that's what I love about him. You know, he he's definitely not a one dimensional player. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not a big listen. I think Marcus Smart is the biggest flop in the NBA outside of LeBron James, in my opinion. I think they both should be. Uh, 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 best supporting actor duo and get an Oscar the way they flop. That's just me. <laughs> the way. Oh, let me tell you, man. It, I know it, you know the flopping video of LeBron where he was like, "Man, I don't even know how to flop. I wish somebody would teach me." Oh, get the <laughs> heck out of here, LeBron! You are a actor for real. Like, come on, like, listen, NBA players are actors these days because. And, and, and I'm going to get on this last NBA subject that I, I forgot to put up there before we get into um, a little bit of NFL talk as well. These refs, these refs are terrible in this in this conference finals, and that's going for the Miami Heat and Celtics. Celtics thing, even for yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Thank you, but um. I'm gonna leave it on the counter because it's still kind of warm. Okay. When you get finished, they cool off some of the situation. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So um the, mom did before she left. So um I'm gonna be honest here with these NBA refs, right? They've been terrible this whole conference finals. Like you let I see that you let them play in the second round and in the first round, but now we're starting to get the a little bit too soft in these conference finals at a at a, at to a point. Now we saw uh, uh, that game last night, and I I just didn't understand a lot of these calls. I didn't understand them. I think part of the problem is you're down to the final four teams, right? There, there, there's there's a lot of players that that they're they're gonna get that extra call. They're gonna get that because of who they are and how they play. Now, do I like that? Absolutely fucking not. I wish, I wish they would call it like the like the playoffs of you know the last, not the last ten years, but between two thousand and two thousand and ten, where right. it was like the playoffs. They let let certain shit go. Now, yes, LeBron's gonna get all the calls because it's LeBron. You know what I mean? And 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 same thing with Smart. Smart is good at catching people slipping, whether it's a good slip or a bad slip. You know what I mean? It, it happens. And at, at the at the same time, it slows the game down. We don't like it, but you have to respect it. I don't. I don't because like the, the they start to remind me of the NFL refs. 
They don't know what a flagrant foul is in the NBA. We don't know what a pass interference is in the NFL these days. Well, well, because I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this though. If you make contact with the head, like, and it's a windback, bam, you slap somebody in the face. Then that's a flagrant. But yeah. I just feel like it wasn't a windback for D'Angelo Russell's flagrant foul. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, I, I can understand it always. You know what I mean? But for me, like I said, it's like you make contact with the with the head and the face. It it's gonna be a call. It's gonna be a call. And you know what I mean? Like, call I, I would, or it's gonna be a flagrant foul because we see Hachimura get hit over the head under the basket, and they didn't overlook. They didn't look at that. Well, I mean, it's Hachimura. You know what I mean? What so, you mean is I mean, t- 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 that's what makes not, it biased to me. He's not going to get the same calls that a, a lot of people will. Anthony Davis gets a hit in the head. That that's definitely going to get called. You know right. what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Like certain players are going to get many more calls than other players will. And it's just it's just uh, unfortunately how they're they're roughing the games now. And right. I mean. It's the same thing like the NFL. Like they're just going so soft with it, where it's it's all about offense, nothing for defense. Nobody cares about defense anymore, and it sucks because us real uh, you know sports fans, that's what we want. We love the defense. Yeah. Without defense, then what's the fucking point? What's the point? Well, let's just have shootout then. Let's not call it basketball anymore. Let's call it shootout. What team can shoot the most? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I, I get it, bro. And I just feel like some things just should be left. Like, if you're getting tapped on your hand or something of that nature, like, just let that let that shit go. If it's a little bit to a point where, where I feel like it's, it's some body-to-body contact and a little physicality, yeah, you're going, to call, you're going to call it. But these little, huh, these little... Huh, these little taps on the wrist, little taps on the hands. Come on, man. Like y'all, y'all, y'all grown men and y'all complain about every call. I understand. And then another thing about what I talked about yesterday, when it comes down to it, you waiting for the layup to be missed and you called the foul after the layup is missed. And we saw that numerous times in the game yesterday. It that has to stop. It, it yeah. has to stop, man. It's, it's starting to it's starting to get really, really annoying to watch a basketball game, and for you to miss a layup and to get fouled, and you call a foul three seconds after the layup was missed. Like, come on, yeah. like that's yeah. that's that's There's just that's just time restriction on fouls. Like, if if you don't call it immediately, then there should be no foul. Don't call because it at all, basically. As soon, as soon as you get to thinking in it, then now, now you're thinking. Now, are you thinking about what you saw, or are you going after what you actually saw? I think because- they're going after if the basket is made or not. Because I feel like if some of these layups were made, these fouls wouldn't have been, been called. Let's just let's just keep it how it is. It, it wouldn't be... Okay, say if I I made a layup and I got mad contact. Oh, you're not gonna call because I made the shot. But then when I drive to the drive to the lane and get a little get a little push to the side or touch my side, getting the layup, and I miss it three seconds later. I when they get a rebound on a fast break, you call a foul. Like what? Yeah, no, it's I've, the inconsistency for me. Well, I was just trying to figure out which car I put my clubs in because I just put them in the truck and then realized that we could be taking the car. 
it's, it's the inconsistency for me when it comes to these NBA refs. But I, I say the same thing about these NFL refs, man. I feel like during the offseason, they need to take a look at what, how can you make the game better, in my opinion. Now, I'm what easy, I, easy. Take, take, take all, of the, all, all of the questionable calls, put it in a compilation, get yeah. all the refs to sit down in one room, go over this play. What do you think this one should be called? Okay, ask you about eight, eight, eight of the refs. Get different opinions and say, okay, so you see how, how how the different view saw it. This is how it needs to be called. When you see yeah. this happen, this is the call for this. If you see it happen, like and then show them a, a, a different version of a similar thing. If you see this, this is not a foul. Right. Don't call this a foul. Exactly. Don't don't call it a foul at all. Or if it, if you if you consider it as a flagrant, like I need an explanation of what a flagrant foul is because it's been it's been like okay, if you get touched over the head and you get hit in the face or you get hit in the head, it automatically should be looked at as a flagrant foul. And then you have some plays where people do get hit in the head or get hit across the face, and you don't call it a flagrant foul. So. What is the real what is the real reason of the flagrant foul? And I think the fans need an explanation on why so they won't have the reaction that they have. Same thing for a pass interference. You should have an understanding of what a pass interference is. Uh, can, can you for, for me in the NFL, I thought that you could touch the guy within five yards and you can't you can't really grab him anymore after that. But it's been yeah. called in the NFL that within five yards, pass interference been called within the five yards. So I'm confused on what these refs really know. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's ref to ref. And that's that's the problem. It needs to be a standard. And you know, for, for a good majority, I'll say, because I'm I'm not I'm not one of those people, but for a good majority, the games are called pretty evenly. But it's just in certain games, certain players just they get all the extra shit. They get every little call, every little thing. Oh, like the flop when LeBron went out of bounds. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, it's not just LeBron though. It's, it's, no, I'm just giving an example of that. Just that one. Yeah. No, absolutely. But yeah, no, I mean, it, and and it's it's all on par with the same thing. It's just the inconsistency. And yeah, it's it's like, the, we, want, we want consistency from the players. Well, we want consistency from the refs, too. Yeah, we, just want, we just want consistency all the way around, basically. Yeah, I mean, because if not, you're, you're, you're devaluing the game, in my opinion. You're devaluing it. And we don't want to devalue either game because we both love football. We love we both love basketball. So we don't want we don't want to mess up the entertainment part of it. So let's just I yeah, off this offseason, I just really hope that these refs in the NBA after the season's over, they come together and they try to figure out a solution. Cause I don't because it started it started to make me feel like I don't I don't want to throw the script out there because I don't think it's the script, but it's starting to make me feel like like some of these reps are doing this shit on purpose. It's starting to feel like that. And I don't I don't want to feel like that. Yo, did it's you see like, the replay? Did you see the replay of the ball of, of the last game where the Miami Heat made the basket and the ref was like, mm. like he looked like he was mad. Do you have money on the line, sir? What's going on here? And it's the same thing like the NFL. Like they need to make sure that they're cracking down on the officials and the players and making sure that there's no inside shit going on. Because me, I, I dig I, it. Some of these calls have been real suspect. 
I agree. I, I it's been really really suspect, and I it, it just it, I really hope that the, the Adam Silver and the NBA take take a look at this and and see what they could do because you see what they did last year when they when they got together they were able to you know the takeout foul they were able to start bringing in more fast breaks into the, bring the fast break game back into the game now you see how they changed that if you if you stop at a fast break purposely because you don't want them to get a fast break that's an automatic tech. So it's it's smart that you make it that way because I kind of miss the fast get, the fast break game, the two yeah. on ones and and getting up getting up and down the floor, the running gun a little bit. I miss that. So yeah, I'm happy that they brought that back. So I hope Adam Silver looks at this and see what what he could do to make sure these refs know what call is what call. Absolutely. I mean, said, I mean. It- it affects the game in so many different ways. Whether good calls, bad calls, I mean, it's just it's the same thing. Either way you go, you know, you're, you're, it's detrimental to the game. Yeah. So if it's not consistent, you're screwing somebody over. Somebody's getting screwed. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Eventually, it's, uh, it's for me, it's these refs are trying to remind me. When I say that, I don't just mean like the players or the teams. It's the fans. We're getting screwed out of a good yeah, game. Absolutely. And and like I said, to me, that's all I care about. You know, I, I care about how, watching a good game more than I care about my team winning most times. Yeah. You know, all the time, but most times. Because we, we've all had those games where we get one good call and it changes the momentum and we win a game that we really kind of shouldn't have won, but we did anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, and, and that's all good and fine, but when it's a consistent basis, teams that are, are just getting calls for no good, you know what I mean, that really aren't there. Yeah. That, that's upsetting to me, especially like, you know, I, I'm a Ravens fan, so we play a lot of defense. So for, for some of them calls that we get for holding and, and, and for pass interference and stuff, we don't get them same calls on offense. When somebody's holding our receiver coming across the middle, you know what I mean? We're not getting those calls because we're the Ravens. Oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get it to the Raiders, man. As much stuff that we've been through with these NFL refs, I, I don't. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, refs can ruin a team's chances completely. And, but and that if is, especially if it's a playoff game. Yeah, and it's, oh and it's, man, you know, you already got so many biased things against so many other teams, mm-hmm. and. Now you're talking about a ref could could possibly screw you over one call. Absolutely, Yo, we seen it times multiple times. Down the field, march down the field, get all the way to their opponent's thirty yard line, get a fifteen yard penalty. Drive is dead. We seen it multiple times where it goes all the way back to when Calvin Johnson had that catch in the back of the end zone when they called that not a catch. Then, then, on then you have then you had the catch. With uh, with the I think it was the Lions in the C. I think it was the no, was it Packers and Lions or Packers and Seattle Seahawks with the hell Mary and he caught the ball and he had one foot in and they called it a touchdown. That was controversial in itself. I'm like, okay, Calvin Johnson's was a catch. The Des Bryant catch. The Des Bryant catch. He can. It, there's just there's so many things that 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 have been ruined because of officiating. Yeah. So. Agreed. It's really up to the leagues. The leagues need to set a standard. And, and uh, again, refs need to be held accountable for what's going on. 
Yo, what's up? Yo, yo, oh, yo, yo. You woke up from the dead, huh? Hey, bro, yeah, we always taking the damn nap. Damn baby shit. <laughs> oh, we know. We no, know. Listen, I understand, man. Yeah, yeah. That's the life, that's, that's the life of being a dad, man. That's the yeah, life of being yeah, a dad. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm three years, so I already know. But this this the first First baby in twelve years, so I'm I'm I get back. Oh, you get you get back around to things. So listen, yeah, yeah. Listen, I listen. I don't know about being a dad, but I know about being an uncle dad. I can say that. <laughs> right, about being right, an uncle right. dad. That's what I call myself, an uncle dad, because my my brother's gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into that, but I'm an uncle dad, basically. But, um, mm. We're just talking about like you know officiating in both leagues when it comes to the NBA and the NFL. Like mm-hmm. how how consistent it needs to be. Something I mean, hey, you can MLB even, in there too. You huh? can definitely throw the MLB in there too. Oh yeah, MLB is just as terrible. That literally call it at the knee, and you'll have other that that'll let it go. Yeah, they have they have their their officiating probably is probably the worst one for on the the fundamental part of the game, just the strike strike zone, and the strike zone has just been terrible for years. Depending oh, on the re- um, um, depending on the, um, the strike zone is terrible. There's no consistency. As we know, it, it, it's supposed to be knees to elbow, knees to elbow on, mo- on most guys. That's that's where the strike zone is. Yeah. You know? So for to see to see the ball come uh, like halfway down the guy's hand and they say strike, you're like, how is that a strike? And then, and then the batters that like being a hitter, it ain't like any other sport. Any other sport, you could kind of go back and forth a little bit with uh, with with the refs and kind of plead your case. But the second you do that in the MLB, ejected. So, so that that's even more detrimental. So this it's is like, how bad uh, it, it officiating is. It goes all the way to the video games that make the officiating bad. Because even when I play MLB the show and. I don't, I don't hit the ball, and they say that's a strike, and you replay. I'm like, what, what you mean this is a strike? Like, what? Like, even MLB the show do the same thing. Madden do the same thing. Two oh, the, the, the officials aren't I even said, on, the, on the field in Madden. Madden don't even need to be talking. Oh, that is just a travesty as far as a football game. They don't have referees on the field. I only play. I only play online. I only play online against other people. Shit, I don't play. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Even then, like it. it you you'll you'll throw the ball and I've I've seen it multiple times where it's like you don't even necessarily lag. It just has that, that half a second glitch. And it's like all of a sudden the, the like like from your screen, their safety is on the other side of the field. It glitches back in after one second, their safety's intercepting the ball. What the hell? What yeah. the hell? That's why I stopped getting in the Madden tournaments. I stopped getting in the Madden yeah, Madden's man, 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 man been trash. Madden's been trash for the last and then, about and then, five, six games. Probably I'm play Madden when I'm bored. How do you make Bro. a game where the where the cornerback goes after the ball harder than any wide receiver on that? <laughs> the wide receiver don't attack the ball. The wide receiver will be. Or and it's the same thing. It's like it's like if 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 you if you so any type of lob pass, whether whether it's short or like thirty yards, every time motherfucker the video game. Why the fuck do you need to jump for a ball right <laughs> to you? So as soon as you jump in the air to catch the ball, the defender taps him and the ball drops. What? Yeah, yeah. I just it's it's too much for me. It's too much for me, man. It's two K two K is 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 a it's a little bit different because I don't really play it the regular two K. I just be on a blacktop. I be in the neighborhoods and stuff. It just just play the just just play the uh the uh, I will say this. 
2K 2K is much better as far as the officiating in the game and in the play of the game because it, it's again it'll let you play in that game. Yeah, yeah, it will let you play in that game. But... It will let you play in the game. And the whole thing is like there, there's not a button to 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 smack somebody. Even though you know, I kind of wish they would put that button in there. I take I take an ejection off of one player if I got the slap the ground at time. Well, they call a flagrant. <laughs> they call a flagrant in two K. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen it. You you know what you know what you they might they might put it in there though. You never know. They they might just put it in there. You never know. But Ed, man, tell us. Let the people know. How you felt about the game last night? I know y'all lost, and I'm not going to sit here and bash you. No, it was a good, it was a, it was a decent game until we got to the fourth quarter, and we just, we just ran out of gas at the end of the game, honestly. And then just defensively, we just, defensively, you can't really do too much about Jamal Murray and the, the streak that he was on at that point because if you just watch, you go back and watch the film again, like you see that. Almost every shot was contested. You either had LeBron in his face, hand up, or you had AD in his face, hand up. Like, if he's going to hit those shots, you just shake a guy's hand and you just keep it moving. Like, there's, there's nothing you really could do. Like, it's well, not like he was getting clean, like, super clean looks or, like, like you know what I mean? Some some stuff that's, like, broken down in coverage is, like, he's just coming down one pass and just jacking it. And it's like, shit, he's on fire. There's nothing you can really do. And LeBron just taking those three I think it was three threes in a row. I think it was about mm-hmm. four of them, four or five of them right. overall. That he just three. I got, got to cut out of here. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going hey, golf. Don't want to keep away. But uh, I mean, golf man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hold you. Yeah. Hold your tea time. I'll be on the tea time, brothers. Y'all have a great weekend. I'm Boston tonight. I'm on Lake on Lake home. All right. Say no more, man. He coached. Right. I don't care. Right. He coached. Peace. All right, man. See you later. Yeah, I just, I just think that we just, you know, we down the stretch. Our defense just, you know, our offense really just went to hell, honestly. Because LeBron, whether it was the tweet angle, whether it was just running out of gas, he just coming down, just shooting it, and it's like he, he, he just completely stopped attacking the rim with about with probably about like five minutes left in the game. So it was just, it, it just, you know. You know, you just hope that, you know, we just go back to the, the game plan. Just play defense, attack downhill, we get whatever we wanted, but then we start jacking threes un, unwarranted. I, it's like, I hated that, even though Anthony Davis like, what is he? won three. He, yeah, he but that was great. Shoot in the three. I don't understand I don't that. You get it. I, I don't I didn't get it either, bro, because like Anthony Davis was was dominant in game one when he was back to the basket or he was in the paint. Or that little even a little mid-range at the elbow. Cool. Yeah, and I think but he, he missed. I think, I think he got like come he on. He got some clean looks. I mean, th- towards the end, it was just more so desperation. But I think that he got some clean looks throughout the game that he just missed. Do you feel me? It was. I didn't feel like he was. He played a, a bad game. I just felt like he just missed some shots that he that he felt like he, he could have made. That's the thing with AD. It's like AD if he hitting some of the little push shots, the little runners and stuff, then it looks good. But when you missing them, it's like it, it can look bad as far as overall when you look at the stat sheet. But I just think that LeBron. Taking those unwarranted shots when he was dominant, down, getting downhill, creating and getting layups. It's like that, that's the killer of the game. And like I say, I don't know if it was fatigue, if it was the, it was the, 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 the set that what he had two echo turns, turn the same echo twice. It's like, you know what I mean? Who knows? You feel me? But it's not excuses. It's not excuse business. He wouldn't provide an excuse. So I ain't going to get one for him. 
I just think that we just played we 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 played a great game for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter came late five minutes, and we just it just went to hell. So it, it, it just it reminds me of game one in the Boston game. It was a great game through three quarters with mm-hmm. Boston, and it came down to that five minutes in the fourth when Boston hey, fell apart. Yeah, and that's what happened with the Lakers in game two. Yeah, we just fell apart. We could easily we could easily see ourselves. 2-0, but 1-1 should be the case here. I think you, I even heard you say it with about like six, seven minutes left. Like, I ain't mad at it being 1-1. I'm just like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be 1-1 if we keep the same pace. But then we probably started shooting random shit. And it, just, it just got out of hand. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, for real, for real, it should be 1-1. Because what happened to, what I saw in that game was when, when Jamal Murray made the floater in the fourth, because he couldn't, he couldn't buy a shot through three quarters. Like, he was struggling through three quarters. And when he finally got his floater in his mid-range jump shot going, that's when he started to heat up. And I'm like, right. okay, he could shoot from anywhere at this point, right? And then yeah, it didn't even matter. Going, when he got going, then Michael Porter got going. When Michael yeah. Porter got going, Bruce Brown made a, cru- a crucial three. So yeah. I'm just like, man. I think we have to, we have to, like I said, after game one, we have to switch that D'Angelo matchup with Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown is seeing green. He is seeing, he is seeing green go. He is seeing red like, like a bull. He's just attacking him just relentlessly. And it's like, he can't, he can't hold up. And we have to, like I said, like I said, we have to treat them like the Warriors if we want to win. We have to three. Right. We have to treat all their three point shooters like the Warriors three point shooters, and if we we treat them like that, then we'll win. If we play like the days when just wave guys off and not respect certain shooters that that have been proven to be able to hit, then it's like there's only two guys on the court that you really don't that you really can do that to. You probably wave off Jeff Green, you wave off Aaron Gordon. The rest of them you need to be in the pocket, ready to contest. And yeah, as you yeah. seen last night, once they get hot, it's like you just there's nothing you really can do. You can contest, and you can be there. But the motherfucker just hitting some shit. He hitting step back threes. And it's like, there's nothing you can do. Because I, I went through the team stats earlier. I went through the team stats earlier, and the Lakers was 8 of 30 from the three. Yeah, that's they too had, many three-point attempts. They had 40 points in the paint. Like, they only had they only had two less points than Denver. Denver had 42. So, sitting there and looking at I'm like, y'all had way more points in the paint in game one. Y'all relying on too many three point shots. Please, just attack, just, just attack. You have to attack, and that's and that that's what y'all did through three quarters. Y'all because we can get a up. layup at any as as I, as I keep saying. Once you get past the initial defender against this team, you can get a layup at any time. It's right. a three lane, and then they, the Nuggets had to switch and go into a drop coverage, which kind of basically forces to be a more of an outside shooting team. But we still were able to convert a few and keep the game keep the game within our favor. But like I say, offensively, we just went to hell. We just started shooting too many threes. And defensively, it's just, you know, when a guy get that hot, there's nothing you can really do. It's really not. He was he was, he was, he was scorching hot in the fourth. What do you have, 23 in the fourth? Like, no. There's nothing you can really do. He scored a lot of that within, like, the last, like, seven to eight minutes of the fourth. Exactly, man. And, and hopefully, you know, game three, uh, game three is crucial for y'all, man. I mean, they held home court. At the end of the day, we got we got to do the same. That's what they right. really say. Exactly. They have home court. We have to do the same. So Boston and Miami game two tonight. Who you taking, man? Who you taking? You know I'm going Miami, man. I'm going. Yeah, Miami, I, man. The, I think the Heat, the Heat are on this mission of just trying to get respect, trying to trying to trying to validate their position right now. And I think that Boston, as a team, they 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 crack early if you get to them early. If you can get to this Boston team early, then they'll crack. 
they'll eventually crack because they, they 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 don't they don't feed off the crowd as much as other other teams do as you would like to see. It's like Boston fans are just almost like on on edge of seat, damn near the whole game, kind of like how Philly fans were. And it's just like yeah. if y'all not if y'all not going to use the crowd to your advantage to feed off of it, then it's like y'all gonna be home. Y'all gonna be down O two. Gonna be down O two tonight. Jimmy's gonna come in there. He's gonna steal the show, and he's just going. You know what I mean? He's gonna put the heat on his back. Like he's he's one of these players that's like. He's, he's, he's like a Jokic, like you can like like you can guarantee you can book him for certain numbers. You can book him for about twenty five, five and five, couple scales, you know what I mean? A couple Jimmy plays, and it's just the the heat, the, the heat is a team, the heat is a franchise. They feed off of that shit, right? Those right. guys, I, they feed I'm, off of that shit. Of course, I'm taking the heat, you know. But yeah, I, I, know, I, I, gonna, I know it probably gonna be one one going back to Miami, but of course I'm gonna take my heat. You know? hey, yeah, you know, you know, get greedy. You get greedy, Jimmy. Jimmy the greedy type. You get greedy. You get one, take it two, two zero, and then go home right. and finish the finish the job at home. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. And it's just try to get an early rest up. Right, right. It, 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 I was like, and I was just saying, like, you know what? Boston, Boston, got to get their head out their ass, man. They they know yeah. they they know they are a championship caliber team, but when you when you don't give the ball to Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter, he only touches it four times. Like that's Jason Tatum demand the ball tonight. If you they, yeah. if you feel like you're one of the top five players in the league or top ten players in the league, you got to demand the ball. I don't care if Jalen Brown doing his thing. They know that you are the face of that franchise. And then they, they, of course they're gonna treat Jalen Brown like the Rodman of the team because you know. <laughs> Because because Jason Tatum is Batman, so they go treat yeah, him like the Robin had, of the team. So he man. had some real he had some real nasty plays in that in that in that first game. A couple travels, some some bad turnovers, and it's just like you know, it's been a consistent thing over for for about a month now. Like Jason Tatum, he may be that guy, but it's in certain 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 scenarios that he they they, they need to just play off of each other more. You don't run enough two man game between the two. It's almost it's almost just a your turn my turn thing. Like. Like when LeBron first got first got to Miami, it was just like, okay, it's your turn, LeBron. Then it's my turn, Dwayne Wade, and then Chris Bosh. You just figure it out in the mix. It's like everybody's just standing around waiting for one of them two to make a play. And then here's Martin Smart, and then he just come out the corner and just do his own thing. So the the, the, the offense seems sometimes out of whack, and you know their defense is always fine, you know what I mean, for the most part. But offensively, they can get in these spells where they just get into ISO ball and the ball's not moving, and it's just like there's no. There's no sense of like directional plan on any given play, and you know the shit. It it, t- it shows when they're playing. Agreed. It shows. Agreed, one hundred percent, man. But I will be live for the game tonight. I might be doing a doubleheader because um, Brittany Grind is coming back yeah, tonight. BG back tonight. Yeah. BG is back tonight. That's eleven o'clock at night. I might end that. I might finish That's that game. That's crazy. They, they're playing at eleven. They playing at eleven at night, bruh. I think this, this I, is, I got a feeling that it, it might be some games on ESPN. I think the tonight's game for the basketball is on TNT, but I think it's some other games on ESPN is why they have that eleven o'clock. What's going on? That's what I'm thinking. Like that, this this plays into that, that that conversation we had the other day about the marketing. Like, who the hell is going to watch this game? This like, why are you putting in eleven o'clock at night? Like, what the hell? Eleven o'clock at night. After the basketball game, like they'll probably they'll probably get like the first five, ten minutes of watching, and then if it's not interesting, people are gonna cut it off. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let, let me let me just double check and see like with MLB. On a Friday game? Game this is um, insane. Well, I mean, it's a baseball game on ESPN Plus. 
Apple TV, Apple TV. I don't. I, is it is it hockey? Is the reason why? Like, I I don't, let me let me see. NHL. They got a game. Yeah, and it, the, the 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 they got a game on. They got a um. They got the hockey game on at eight thirty on ESPN. That's why. Yeah, you can't you can't fault them for doing that because hockey is just it's, 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 it's gonna make the money. They'll they'll come. The people right, watch my the people watch hockey. It's Dandy Club, so the stars and the Golden Knights play at eight thirty. Yeah. That's why yeah. the the, okay. the game is at eleven o'clock for uh the WBA game. But I um the, I can say like even I might do some games over the weekend as well because they have some, it's some good games. I mean you you have. Okay, the Mercury and the Sparks. That's eleven o'clock. Of course, everybody wants to see that because of Brittany Griner. I think that's why probably why it's going to bring in the viewers on the West yeah. Coast because they three we they three hours behind on the East Coast. But as yeah. far as as far as the games go, Saturday you got the Aces and the Storm. That's going to be a good game at three o'clock. You know, yeah, you know, that's shout a good, out that's to Jimmy Parker. Shout that's out to Yep, that's going. That's on ABC, aka ESPN. So they got they got mm-hmm. that. They got a one o'clock and a three o'clock slot slot, and then the then the um. Then the Western Conference Finals come on at eight thirty, so it's three basketball games. So, hey, they they got they got some slots there, so it's gonna be interesting to watch. It's gonna be interesting to watch. I I, I I'm looking forward to some WNBA live play by plays to see who comes in through there. But um, I want to go through this real quick. I did say top ten offenses in 2023 when it comes to the NFL, and I'm looking at it and I want to see who they have as far as the wow. The top 10 offenses offenses in, in the NFL going into 2023 NFL season. So okay. this is on NFL.com again. Oh, and Jesus. This is, NFL, this is uh, Cynthia Frulin. She's a NFL network analytics expert. This is what oh. she said. We going to go 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? What we doing? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. All right. Surprisingly, they have the, the the New York Jets as number 10 with a projected win share of seven and a half. Okay. So they have the Jets there. Then they have the Chargers at nine with 7.2 mm-hmm. projected win share. That's what she has that. Number eight, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So, I mean, I wanted to stop there because do you feel like y'all higher than – Higher than eight when it comes to a top I think, ten offense. I think top ten. I think top ten is fine. I mean, eight, eight, eight is fine because we, at the end of the day, we don't really know what our wide receiver room is going to shake out to be. Like, who's going to be the main guys? Who's going to be the the consistent chain movers out of that group? We know that Andrews is probably going to still be the top target as far as passing. And our run game has always been, you know, what I mean, top notch. No matter who's running it, whether it's Lamar, the, our stable of running backs, anybody. So I think the run game and and the tight end group is 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 established and solidified. I think it's just wide receiver. The, the questions as far as the wide receivers, as far as who's going to be the main guy, who's going to stand out. So I can see as you know, what I mean, being top ten. I, I don't have I don't have a problem with that. I guess I, I don't have a problem with eight. Eight eight is fine. Let me hear the rest of them though. The Seattle Seahawks is at seven. The, Se- the Seahawks got weapons. They got weapons on the outside that are just established. And then they bring in the young kid from um. Did they bring in the young the guy, guy from, Oak, the from Ohio, Ohio State, State right? Yeah. Right. And you put him with Metcalf and Lockett, like, and, and they're running backs. It's like, bro, that's and Geno. Geno was Geno last year. Like he he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He was accurate. He was probably the most accurate quarterback in the league. Like Geno, he, he showed that he can play. Like, 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad so far. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers at six. Mm, they have questions at QB, so I can see why they're, they're, that's kind of low to me for them. But I think mm-hmm. that the questions at QB, I think it, it kind of justifies that because, like you said the other day, they have between Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance. They don't know who the hell they're going to play. So. Right. We'll, right. You know, we'll see with them. You know, they still have Christian McCaffrey. Then you know, yeah, the offense, the, 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 they still have the Brandon weapons. Are, you get Debo the and weapons those guys. are there. The yeah, weapons are there. Kittle, Kittle, this is the quarterback. They have the O line. Everything is there. They just have to figure out who's throwing the ball, who's calling the shots. That's all. It is. And we'll see how he produces. I wouldn't see Trey Lance because of the threat of the run, but if Purdy is still Purdy, then like you got to roll with him. Yeah. You gotta roll he, got, with he got hurt in the NFC Championship game, so yeah, you gotta roll with Purdy. If Purdy shows that he can still be that that guy as far as decision making and not not making bad decisions, it's like you gotta go with Purdy. Gotta go with Purdy. Unless you see something in Trey Lance is like, okay, it's time to roll with Trey Lance, but you yeah. have to go with Purdy. And number five, the Dallas Cowboys. <sighs> Dallas, Dallas. And number is five. Be- I mean, they did add Brandon Cooks, who has been. A very underrated, consistent yeah, wide receiver, yeah, no matter where he plays. Where he is, where he plays, he's always thousand yards, take the top one defense. Like they have they have weapons as well. You know, the running back room, Tony Pollard coming off injury, you lose Zeke. So it's like we'll see what the running back room kind of looks like. But you I lose think, you lose Dalton Schultz as your tight end. Yeah. But yeah. Luke Shoemaker has been good. He's been all right. But um Ezekiel Elliott has been there. Um Noah Brown. You lose him, and um, you still have you you still have um Ceedee Lamb. You still have Ceedee Lamb. You still have Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard's coming off of an injury. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be you know you 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 add Ronald Jones into the the way, but I don't think he's better than you know Ezekiel Elliott. But hey. I think the first thing I can think of off top that may be a little low in this in this so far would be the Chargers because I think the Chargers have a. They have a, they have a, the passing game is going to be there. Austin Eckler, uh, we're just seeing if he's going to actually if he if he still wants to be there or they're going to trade him or not. I doubt, but I think the D might be a little low being at nine. Were they, were they at nine? Were they? Yeah, they was at nine. Charges, charges being at nine. I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys may be a little too high. They may be a little too high because Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. They're going to put up stats. I think the static this is probably more stats driven than than just like production as far as like. Winning plays and stuff like that, but you know, I, I mean, that was always win share at seven point nine. That's the projected win share for for the offense. Yeah, so it's yeah, like the, I think, offense. yeah, I think it, I think that's a lot. That's that's really a lot stat driven. So they they put up a lot of they put up some good stats. You know, what I mean, Dak does throw it. He throws it enough. They 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 have a pretty solid offensive line. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. Number four is your division rival in the Cincinnati Bengals. Number four is Cincinnati Bengals. So, <clears throat> so one thing I'm questioning now is like, where's Detroit and all this? They don't have a Detroit, Detroit was up there. Detroit was Detroit was what they were they were number two in the offense last year, number three in the offense. I mean, like that's kind of disrespectful. Are you know, funny though, people can say what they want about the Las Vegas Raiders, but we put up we put up points last year. We just, up, and just defensively, points. we suck. Yeah, that's nice. gonna put up points. <laughs> Offensively, y'all should have been. I mean, you lose Waller, but you still have Devontae. You still have Jacobs. You still got a solid quarterback. Jimmy may be an upgrade, but it, 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 health permitted, he's he, he's a solid quarterback. And you know, it's questions on your offensive line. So I guess it it's a I guess it's it's warranted, but. 
Yeah. I think Detroit, if Detroit can, I think they probably see Detroit as a one-hit wonder. That's probably why they're not so high. But they had like one of the top scoring offenses, top passing offenses, top total yard offenses last year. Like they were a legit offense. They just couldn't stop anybody. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So you Cincinnati, of course, I mean, Cincinnati they got Jamar Chase. You know, yeah, they, they, they brought in Orlando Brown on the offensive side for the for the offense. Tight end Earl Smith for the O line. Yeah. You know, T Higgins. You know the wide receiver core they have. So Joe Mixon is really an underrated running back yeah. in this league. So I, yeah. I can see them at number four. Number three, the Buffalo Bills. Mm, yeah, they're a little bit mm. too high for me. Yeah, Buffalo is kind of gimmicky to a certain degree. It's like Josh Allen can be really hit or miss. And it's like when he's on, he's on. But when he's right. off, it's like, it looks really bad. And then running back group, you know what I mean? It's it's fine. Singletary, Singletary Mike Singletary is his son, I believe. And they um, and they signed uh they signed Latavius Murray as well as a bigger back. Yeah, we all know Latavius Murray is always going to be a secondary back. He's not going to be a starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's not going to be a starter. You got Dawson Knox and tight end. You got your wide receiver room kind of set with Vincent and freaking Diggs. So, I mean, you know, we'll just see. We'll see what they do. If they can protect, if they can protect Josh Allen, he can just stay away from them, the ugly games because he's he, he's prone to have a few ugly games a year. Where it's like, who the hell is this guy? Like, what is he doing out here? Like, you know, but his running ability, it kind of plays into that as well, too, because he's a very underrated runner, you feel me, right. by the football, as far as moving the chains and just being aggressive in that in that fashion. But, you know, we'll, we'll see with Buffalo. Buffalo, I, I've never been too high on Buffalo. Even I, just, I haven't either. Up. I just feel like they, to me, they're a little, they're a little overrated because of the yeah, slightly. That in, in the yeah for sure for sure and they, they, they get they get propped up with some of those wins you, you played the jets before Aaron Rodgers, and then you still get miami twice a year and new england their shit show at this point is like right they can be propped up a little bit that's that's six guaranteed wins if you really ask me but shit you split with the jets and it just look ugly sometimes yeah Number two is the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a no-brainer for me. Because you already know the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be number one. Yeah, you got Mahomes there, number one. The Chiefs, I mean, the Eagles being number two, I'm not mad at it. You know, they they have they have the wide receiver room. They got the the, the tight end group is elite. Their offensive line protects, and they can run the ball. They can pass block with birds. And you add you DeAndre know. Swift and Rashad Penning to the running back court after yeah, so, Miles Sanders. So yeah. you just re you just you re just on offense when it comes yeah. to the running back position. Yeah, that's basically all it was. Like they they they. I mean, offensively, you know what I mean. They're they're going to be fine. They're gonna be fine as long as he continues to look for AJ Brown and make sure AJ Brown is included in the offense. Then it's like everything else will continue to open everything up. Everything falls into place. Everything falls into place when you when you have a true number one at the end of the day. You got somebody that they can't they can't really be guarded or has to be guarded a specific way with double teams and certain coverages. Like the rest of the offense just becomes easy. And his during his running ability, his continued growth, you know what I mean, as a passer, you feel me, is just going to be key for that team. So I mean, hey. I ain't mad at the top two. I think yeah, Dallas. Like I, I, said, I, I think Dallas is a little high. I think Dallas is a little high. Like you said, Dallas might be. I think Dallas personally is a little too high. Yeah, Dallas. I think, I think the only one that's that's a bit too high, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the Chargers are a little bit too low. Yeah, the Chargers are a little too low at number nine. Uh, eight, eight, eight. I'm like Chargers at, were eight. At, I'm like at um yeah because the Ravens is at eight. Chargers. No, the Chargers at nine. Yeah. Yeah, Chargers at nine. Ravens at eight. Um. 
Let me just go back to it real quick. I I, I had the Seahawks were seven. So Seahawks were seven. Seahawks was seven. But I'm trying to figure out who was that number ten squad. So that ten squad was the the New York Jets, nine Chargers, okay. eight Ravens, seven Seattle, uh, six the Forty ers five Dallas, four the Bengals, three Bills, two Eagles, one. Yeah, I think that I, now that I think about it, I think the Jets, I think the Jets should be swapped off with the Lions. The Lions actually show what they could. We don't know what the Jets are going to do. We have this vision of what Aaron Rodgers can do with, you know what I mean, Elijah Moore and, and some of these other young receivers. And, you know what I mean? Hopefully they get their running back. Hopefully Bruce Hall comes back healthy and, you know, hopefully, you know what I mean? A few other things shake out for their offensive line. But I just think that Detroit, you feel me? Detroit is building something that, that, that looks, it looks like it can be realistic consistently for them offensively and defensively. Like we'll get to see this year because they have about like five, six primetime games. So we'll really get to see yeah. Detroit in the limelight and really see what they're really all about. They got the first primetime game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, let's so see. We'll let's see. If they, even if see. they lose that first even game, if they, they look statement. Yeah, if they look good, then it's like look out. Look out like I call Detroit's gonna you call it Detroit's gonna win that division easily. They're gonna win the division easy. It's not. It's, it should be easy. Like, I don't should, see the It should be the Vikings division to win if you look at it on paper. But as far as yeah, but I think that the Detroit Detroit is moving in the right direction. They should win the division. They should win it easily. They should win the division. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah. just to throw the last thing out there, um, the San Francisco 49ers look like they're going to get approved. To host Super Bowl sixty, because I know I think we're hosting Super Bowl fifty nine, if I'm not mistaken, um, in Allegiant Stadium. I'm not too sure if that's true or not, but I don't want to be mistaken. But it has came up that um, their Levi Stadium going to be hosting Super Bowl sixty, which I think mm-hmm. it, since, since that's going to be a, a monumental moment of you know having sixty years of Super Bowl. I think it should be on the West Coast, but I think we should bring it back to the East Coast some way somehow. Sixty. 60 years, I mean, maybe they're waiting for a uh, bicentennial or something like that to put it in a real good spot. It's like, what was the first Super Bowl held? You know, the first Super Bowl was held in Miami or something like that. I know, I, I think, it, well, I wouldn't say Miami, but I think, I think Super Bowl two and three, they was they was in they was in the cold, like the fo- the frozen chundra and yeah. stuff like that. So it was in the cold. I mean, we need to go back to cold Super Bowls, but I get it, it's a whole. It's a whole event, you know. It's a whole extravaganza. Yeah, so you don't want it to be you, too cold, right? So you, you know, you gotta say if they had it in Philadelphia, or some shit like that. It's gonna be cold around that time. It's not gonna yeah, happen. It's gonna be too cold. Only way it's gonna happen it, if they had a dome. It's not too many dome teams on the East Coast either. So it's like, where would you put it at? As far as East Coast, like a dome. I mean, team. the closest we, to the East Coast is probably. I mean, the South is like kind of close to the East Coast too. I mean, you you can yeah. have it. In, you can have it in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, you keep doing. They keep. Well, why not? What they had it in Detroit. I mean, they had it in Detroit before, but I think the last yeah. time they were in Detroit is when Jerome Bettis retired. Then the Steelers won it on Fort Phil. Oh no, she said the first Super Bowl was in L.A. Got my assistant right here. She said the first Super Bowl was in L.A. Shit. Well, I mean, that makes that okay. He's going back. It's the Levi Stadium. So I mean, California, it makes sense in the sense that like, they'll they'll try to play it up to that, right? Oh yeah, the first Super Bowl was here in, in, in California. We coming back for the 60th, 60th Super Bowl. And it's like, okay, 60 years makes sense, but what about the hundred? That's what I'm hoping we get to see that. You know what I mean? But yeah, right, right. I just now, think that. 
Listen, my thing is this though. They can have a Super Bowl on the East Coast. Cause think about it. Next year, WrestleMania is gonna be in Philadelphia. And it's going it usually be cold around that time they have WrestleMania. And that's gonna be yeah, a they still, they still inside though. Are they, they, they're gonna do it at the financial field. WrestleMania. How the fuck is that gonna work? It is a two-night event. Out in the cold? It's a two-night. Listen, it's gonna be people coming across the world. Going Jesus. to WrestleMania. If they can do it, Super Bowl can do it too. I'm yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, they, yeah. Had, they had a Super Bowl in New Jersey in, 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 in Giant Stadium, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a mess. <laughs> it was a yeah, mess. It, it rained. It rained. It was a mess. Yeah, it rained real bad. It rained, yeah, it real, rained bad. real bad. That's I see why they didn't want to go back to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weather on the East Coast is just too unpredictable around that time of year. Like, you may get some you may get some nice sunny days, about 50, 60 degrees, but you get you can get hella rain, you can get a motherfucking uh, a windstorm, wind wind typhoon and shit. It's like, bro, you don't know what the hell you're going to get in the wintertime, especially when you get close to that water on the East Coast. Well, 49ers, I know my brother's a 49ers fan, and I know he's happy about that. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, brother, you, you, you're getting your Super Bowl. I think, we, I think we're hoping, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, so... I'm gonna try to get to Allegiant Stadium before the Super Bowl because I'm not paying no Super Bowl tickets. You know how much the tickets be costing? Like two, three thousand dollars. I'm good. yeah, I ain't no, got I'm it. good. I'm good. I ain't got I'm it. good on the Super Bowl tickets, bro. Right, I, I, ain't, I, got I, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I, I rather got pay. It. I rather pay no bleeds for WrestleMania and spend like three, four hundred <laughs> and then spend like two, three thousand. I'll do that. Man, even the nosebleeds can be ridiculous at some of these stadiums. Like I paid nosebleed seats at the Ravens, and it was probably about like hundred fifty dollars a seat. It wasn't too bad, but it's a little like God damn, we all we at like the tip top. Yeah, you, you look at it like a bunch breeze. of ants. They're like a bunch yeah, of ants. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't, we can't do this again. We got a nice little video monitor in Baltimore, but still, it's like we can't. I told my bro, we couldn't do this again. We had to get a little bit closer for that next game. Yeah, I gotta that go on the road. Cool. Unfortunately, yeah. I gotta go on the road to see my Raiders games, man. The closest game I probably have to go to this year is by Indianapolis. That's the closest mm-hmm. they get to me. Or or the Miami game. They the only two right. places. Well, Chicago, but I ain't going to Chicago because that's going to be cold around the time they go there. No. Right, 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 um, right. I'm going to Indianapolis because it's indoors, and they, I'm going to Miami because it's warm. So I'm gonna try to go to at least three games this year, at least three. Right, right. I, yeah, I, yeah, I do. If, if Vegas, if Vegas flights is is cheaper around the time that I want to go, then I might just go to a Las Vegas race game at home, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know the cheap way to get there, but you know, you if you value your life, you wouldn't fly spirit. Not one day. You know what the <laughs> people say about spirit though? I have no it, I never had an issue with spirit. I've I've flew spirit multiple times to Florida and had, had no right. I mean that's that ain't too bad because you coming from Philly to Florida, that's really like a straight shot. Now you talk about going to Vegas, that's a little bit. Oh, much. Yeah, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna try to get like American Airlines or Delta or some shit. Like it's crossing that. too many states. You crossing too many states. I seen a video where the guy was they was they was duct taping the damn wing as the people was on the damn on the flight, great take off. Oh my god. Fucking spirit out there, yeah, with this silver duct tape, duct taping the damn wing up. Like what the hell is going on? I would never fly spirit a day in my life. Not to go nowhere long distance across too many states. No, sorry, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. I'm not even I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you wasn't on earlier today, and I mentioned about you know what Eric Spolster said about um, the playing is the best thing that happened to the NBA in the last decade, and I have to agree because 
let's be honest here, and I want to be completely honest here. If the Lakers in Miami did not mm-hmm. have a play in, we'll be sitting home. We both would be sitting home. I mean, I mean, we were the seven. If it wasn't the play in, we were the seventh seed, so we would we would technically be in in the playoffs. What, what was Miami? Where did Miami finish eighth? They finished tenth. And they oh lost, yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami wouldn't to, be in. We would be they, in. We were the seventh. They seed. lost to. Um, they lost to Atlanta, and they made Atlanta the seventh seed, and then they had to go beat no. Chicago to get. So to they, they had, so they had to be either seventh or eighth. Then Miami had to be because if you were ninth or tenth, you only got to play one game, and if you lost the game, it was a wrap. So they had to be seventh or eighth. They See, were set. They were. They were eighth. Confused up because I think they was like the the tenth or the, the ninth or the tenth seed or something like. That. I don't know how that works. I don't no, know how they had, they had. That's what I'm saying. They had to be the ninth or the tenth seed if they won two games to get in. They didn't they lose lost, the first game. They, they lost their okay. first game. They then lost they had to game. They didn't have, they didn't have to play. They had to play Chicago. Right. So they were either eighth or seventh. Because the first game you had to either won. The, no, if you were ninth, then you only you played the tenth seed. And level one out of that got to move on. Level lost didn't. They they were eliminated. They had to be seventh or eighth. The seventh eighth seed matchup was Atlanta and them. And if they won, it, Atlanta won. They in. became the seventh seed and they played right. Boston. And West team lost, so they had to play the winner of Chicago and Toronto, and Chicago beat Toronto. Right, right. Chicago beat Toronto, and then he turned around and lost to Miami. Right, right. So y'all would have still been in without a play-in. Y'all would have been like the AFC. Y'all would have been the AFC. So y'all would have still been in without a play-in, but I think it just brings more entry. It brings more teams, you know what I mean? Especially like around that that area, about, about ninth and 10th. In both conferences, they have shown over the past few years that it's been a little bit more competitive at the bottom. So it's like you give those teams that are a little bit more scrappy, little, still fighting for some shit, like the, a chance to just keep playing. It brings more intrigue to the end of the season. It, it just makes those games a little bit more interesting, honestly. It's more revenue. It makes it, it, it brings out a lot. It, it's more competitive. I like it. You feel me? I like I, I kind of like it too because you finally get to see those teams that that's competing for the from the tenth seed to the ninth seed. They're yeah. they're coming they're um they're coming out and they're actually competing for a spot to be in the be in a play in or be in the playoffs. So right. so it, it it gives it gives other teams hope. Like listen, I could get into the I could get into the uh the round of the round of sixteen with these NBA teams that's already been elite all year. Why not? Yeah, I really want to compete with them too, you know. So why I feel not? like Adam Silver did a smart thing keeping the play in because they was trying to get rid of it. A lot of no, keep the play in, keep the play in, keep the play in. I think a lot of people hated it because you know, I think that because that some some teams you feel me just didn't they still didn't go all out at the end of the season. They felt like it added a little bit more too much fluff to the end of the year. And I think a lot of the teams that were in seventh and eighth, you feel me, the cutoff line is probably what made it a little bit more like uh. Seventh AFC may be a little too high of a cutoff line, but it's it's been working out. Like it, you know what I mean? Because that's that's in that's in to me. You're the seventh seed. You're big, you're practically it. Like the Lakers, yeah. the Lakers were the fifth seed and then dropped to the the seventh, the eighth seed. I think it was seventh seed. So they they you know what I mean? Just give a game or two, you may. But it, like I said, it adds more entry to the end of the year. It's like if you you don't play up the snuff, you may drop from fifth seed to seventh, eighth seed, and you got to fight to fight your way to get in. So it's like, and then you can't be comfortable not resting your starters, right? Right. right. So it, right, it, it right. makes it more competition. And that that's going to build the league back up because I think the league has taken a hit over these past few years between Black Lives Matter shit. You feel me? And then and then just, just the overall just player empowerment, player rest movement. You feel me? 
know what I mean, taking games off and shit like that. That whole movement has just been like it's been detrimental to the to the to the game as far as the value of the game, the product that they put on the court sometimes. Because some nights, like I say, on a random Tuesday, you may see a bunch of dudes that you may not see again the whole season. Like you right. or some dudes that you may even knew even in the league. Like, who the hell is this guy? Where the hell he been there? I ain't seen him in two, three years. Right. And then you you have them go and play in the play in, and then you'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh damn, he's he he's 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 doing his damn thing in the play in to try to get him get his him and his team and getting a right. playoff run. So right, right. So some right. some players that we we saw, I can't lie, some players that we saw in this playoff actually rose rose up. Like uh, Hakimura, we really really saw him in Washington. We already know what he could do, but he kind of right. rolled his game up. You know, after being traded, being mm-hmm. being consistent in these playoffs, you have seen a De'Arian Fox. We already knew what this guy can do, but on the bigger stages, we know what he can do now. So you have right. other guys coming up and making their runs, not just because of the play-in, but just in general. Like if we just yeah. look at the whole playoff is in itself, so a lot of young players are taking over. I mean, you might yeah. Curry's going to get hit, LeBron's going to get hit, AD's going to get hit. We already know that, but we see younger players step up in these playoffs yeah. and compete because. They've been down at the bottom. They've been there before, and now they're coming up and then bringing in the play in to bring more younger guys in. I think it's yeah, a, a like you said, the, the 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 whole playoffs has just shown that you feel me. There's a lot of competition out there. The, the the top heavy the top heaviness of the league is not as as it as it once was. But I think that this last four, the final four, is basically showing like the cream of the crop at the end of the yeah. day. It's showing the cream of the crop, and it's like. These games are going to be competitive. These games are going to be some good games. I know I had it in five. I had I had, had the Lakers in five, but hey, hey man, we, 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 it's it's a good. It's going to be a good series. It's the final four. Your, your last two teams in the conference is it should be a battle. So it's like you know it is what it is. That's what I was trying I, to convince you to say, bro. No, I mean it's it's the same. I, I was thinking the same thing, but I'm still confident in my team. Like five, hey, I'm I'm bold enough to say it. Take them in five. We should, we should be we should be up 2-0. We should be up 2-0. We should be up one. It should be one one. I wouldn't say up 2-0. It should be one one. After last night's game, that was a travesty. It should be one one. We had know, that game. I know, you, I know you was pissed at the piss poor defense in the pool. I, like, I know you was. I was just like, what? And and, and 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 I wasn't necessarily pissed about the defense in the fourth because it, it, the simple fact that they were scoring was what it was. But it's like. You contest it, your hand there, you're there. All right, you can't really be too mad. He hit the shot. It's just like, God damn, he just hit another one. Our offense is what pissed me off in the fourth. It's just like, LeBron, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you shooting these threes? Why? Why are you, re- why are you relying on these You can get to the cup at will. Like, you that's can get to the part. cup at will. Is nobody stopping you when you get to the cup. You just have to make the layup, LeBron. You have to catch, You have to hold on to LeBron for your freak, freak show layups, your freak show dunk contest runways and shit. You have to, you have to complete the plays, bro. If he makes his layup at the end, it's a two-point game, then we, we're seeing something different. But it's just – it was a shit show at the end of the day. It was a shit show, bro. But, man, it's, it's, today is Friday, man. 25th episode of the Darren Hopkins Show is in the books, man. Make sure y'all comment, like, and subscribe to the channel. We'll be back on Monday with all the weekend festivities from WNBA, NBA, probably some NFL news, you know, college football's coming around the corner. So it's gonna be a lot of stuff coming down, man. It's gonna be really fun to see how the, how these uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals games are going to go after this weekend. And we definitely gonna see, like I said, at the game threes, we're gonna see who's gonna take what now because 
we 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 I'm still I still I I can't I, I did listen I'm still gonna pick my heat but this Nuggets and Lakers game I know that's gonna be something that I'm gonna like I'm gonna have to rethink my predictions like it's gonna be really tough it's gonna be tough but hey you just never I, know we I have, have to, to win. pick at the game we have three. to win we have the whole serve at home we have to hold serve whole serve at home and take another crack at it in Denver in, in game five we need to win these two games. There's no. It's just. It's obvious. We need to win one of these two games, but we need to win both of these two games. Right. And the first one is the one that's most critical because you can't go down three zero. You go down three zero. The psychological. The psychological effect of that is just. Is almost impossible to recover from. Exactly. I don't care who you are. Exactly. But thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Darian Hopkins Show, man. I'll be live tonight for. Boston and Miami game two. Heat culture is in the building. Butler, let's get it done. The team, let's get it done. <laughs> let's go up 2-0. Let's go to Miami. And I'm going to talk my talk. And I'll be like, Mac, where you at, bro? Where you at? It's like, Look, I like to talk my smack. <laughs> got it's you. All good, you man, get one up, you got to talk your shit. Yeah, I got I got to talk my shit. We up 2 I got to talk my shit. Because, you know, he's going to come on here steaming on Monday. Yeah. He's going to be hot on Monday. And, and you know what? 2-0 at home, we on the yeah. road, so it's like, hey, they hold serve, but if y'all can't hold serve at home, then y'all y'all going to Miami, mm, that's going to get ugly. All I'm going to say is 11-11 in the last 22 games for, for Boston, and like I told Mac, y'all better off playing away than y'all playing at home. I don't know why it should be like that, but y'all better off playing away, because if, if y'all lose game two, if y'all know how Miami gets down when they in Miami, they make everything there. They, they, yeah. they, they make everything there, but hey, it's yeah, gonna we'll be it's gonna be a good game tonight. It really is. Mm -hmm. So we'll see y'all to we'll see y'all Monday, man. Happy Friday to everybody. And make sure y'all comment, like, and subscribe to the channel, man. Make sure y'all listen to the audio podcast. All the links are in the description as well. Darian Hopkins show, man. We see y'all on Monday, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Peace, see y'all tonight as well. Peace out.